Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Yeah, welcome in to another arousing rendition of Libservative Intellectual Idiots Fostering Political and Cultural Literacy. Uh, Corey and I have made a new rule for the next three episodes that we are not going to use any any derogatory term slurs towards uh, uh, homosexuals even if they're in context and they make sense, making fun of people that use those words seriously. Uh, we have our reasons for that. You're making it sound like we say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's, you know, you just, we you just lost to- our only viewer. Bunch of <laughs> Why? Because we're not going to use the, uh, the F word in this episode. <laughs> they yes. must not be, they must not be from Florida. That's okay. We, <laughs> we don't need it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, he's Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. For Bell the Body Snatcher, I'm Dan Griffin, and this is Lipservative. Uh, we have some sloppy seconds we got to catch up on Corey because sometimes we get uh, we get stuff wrong. But before we get to that, let's uh, let's let's go down the rundown sheet. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about the uh, poisoning taking place again here in our great state of Michigan because we have the ab- I guess we have the absolute most like cronyized uh cronyized is that a word i don't know but i'm using it now uh chronicized <laughs> uh government slash uh I, I guess what you would call plant management i don't know yeah the uh, the michigan zpa yeah uh w- maybe we have the worst in the country or maybe we're just the first ones getting busted and maybe it'll be a good thing for going on going from there uh we also have uh some I don't know if you'd call them revelations, but we're going to catch up a little bit on what's going on in Ukraine. It's something we haven't really talked about a whole lot because pretty much everyone is covering it. Um, However, there have been uh, some, there's been some stuff going on. So we're going to get to that. We're going to talk a little bit about the debt ceiling. Uh, I think I'm, I'm hoping from a little bit of a different angle, because obviously if you're a consumer of political news and content, You've probably heard the same things over and over and over again, depending on which side of the aisle you tend to lean towards. Uh, Zelensky getting pretty much everything he wants. And we're going to talk a little bit about the New York City bike, Karen, uh, because from a cultural perspective, it kind of makes sense. It, it, to me, it kind of points out the a little bit of the bigotry of low expectations, uh, which is, I guess, easy for a cisgendered straight white male to say. But anyway. Here we go. But before we do, Corey, tell the people. Yeah, Dan, today we're going to talk about people, <laughs> places, and things. Wow. <laughs> it's just, it's Our show is essentially just Sesame Street for adults. It's just a noun. <laughs> the Absurdive Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is absurdiveshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Before we get to our sloppy seconds, I want to ask you real quick uh, how you feel in general about the announcement of both Senator Tim Scott 
and Governor Ron DeSantis putting their hats in the ring officially for the presidency of the United States out of the Republican Party. I listened, to the, I listened to the DeSantis uh, thing the next day. I guess it was a shit show when it... On Twitter? Was, yeah. I guess it was a shit show when it first aired. It kept, like, uh, like dropping and, like, spamming out and getting <laughs> cut out and stuff like that. And it was DeSantis saying the same stuff he typically does, but trying to make it, like, a softer pitch because it's for the nation, not Florida. Mm-hmm. But the same... Same stuff. We gotta end this wokeism. We gotta go after it by expanding the state, I guess. And so that's why and we'll, we'll get into Tim Scott too. But like that's why that's why I don't think DeSantis is really going to be viable as a national candidate, right? I think you know, he's probably fine for Florida. You know, obviously he 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 you know he beat Charlie Crist in a goddamn landslide uh, in the in the in the last election. Um, but I I liken DeSantis to like there's a reason that the daily wire talking heads love him so much because they, I, I showed you uh, a post that Matt Walsh put on probably all the social media, but I saw just the Facebook version just yesterday uh, about how he, he's, he's, he was essentially claiming the Bud Light boycott as like the, the, the one of the biggest conservative victories of a decade. And I'm sitting there not going, that's it. The, the boycott of a corporation that made a bad business decision over a cultural issue that is already starting to swing back the other direction because most of the country, you know, is kind of, kind of feels the same way about like the woke and trans trans ideology culture as they kind of feel about abortion. Like they're, they're okay with it a little bit to a certain degree, but like kind of keep my kids out of it. But ultimately it's just, it's just such a small issue on the grand scheme of things. You know, when you, you, you have a president who doesn't know where the fuck he is, uh, pretty much every other day, you have a you have a border crisis that was caused by basically the last I don't know presidential administration causing unrest in Central and South America, causing these people to come here in the first place. You 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 have the fact that China is economically winning the battle against us. You have all of these actual things that conservatives could 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 care about and claim and try to claim victory for and and matt walsh goes out and says that the boycott of bud light like that's your victory congratulations my analogy was that you are a you are a big league baseball team that beat a middle school girls softball team congratulations great good job guys (laughs) and so like that's that's what desantis represents to me does that make sense yeah um what about Tim Scott? I honestly don't know much about him. I know he's yeah. a black guy. He's basically just a milk toast Republican who happens to have a lot of melanin in his skin. That's pretty much it. The establishment loves him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They love him. It's it's a little strange, though, because he is from, I believe he's a bachelor. I believe he's a lifelong oh, bachelor. Oh, look out, ladies. Having a bachelor president. Uh, and it's funny because, like, aren't conservatives all about, like, family values? And like, you have to or, – or at least the, uh, the, the the theocratic conservatives are like, that's the nuclear family. I don't think Tim Scott is a good representation of the Prager U crowd. <laughs> <laughs> or the Matt Walsh. Uh, yeah, or the, da- or the Daily Wire crowd. No relation, by the way, to Matt Walsh over yeah. here. Yeah. It's Corey Walsh. Wouldn't it be funny if we like played it up like you were his evil, tw- like his evil brother? You guys are almost the same age. How old are you now, Corey? 
I'm 34. You're 34. I think Matt Walsh is 37. So you, you is could he really? Be. Yeah. So like it, it doesn't he seem like he's like in his 50s? God, yeah. <laughs> the, way, the way he talks. His so, dry, shitty humor. Can you just be uh, Matt Walsh's evil twin, young, or not twin, but evil younger brother? Well, I do have a better beard than him. So you do have a better beard than him. Yeah, and better and vision. Better looking. Yeah, that's true. And better vision. Yeah, I don't wear glasses. <laughs> Shut up, four eyes. Cares about your <laughs> nuclear family, your religion. Even though uh, I have a nuclear family as well. <laughs> you do, yeah. You, uh, you're, you're, you're married to your, to your lovely wife, and you have a, a little boy. Little baby boy. Another mm. Corey Walsh. There's two of us in one of him. We could take him. <laughs> yeah, Tim Scott. It's funny because you said I don't really know much about him. It's like I pretty much feel like that's how all of America. <laughs> He's going to be very, very forgettable in this primary. I have a feeling. Probably. Uh, when more people know who Nikki Haley is than you, you probably have an issue. Said he was appointed by Nikki Haley in the, that's true yeah he was uh when she when she uh took the governorship in South Carolina so uh yeah that's interesting anyway uh sloppy seconds Corey what did we what did we fuck up last week we got something wrong all right so last week we were talking about the immigration crisis that is now bleeding into all the states so now it's a big deal because all the liberals are freaking out that their sanctuary cities they've been touting for so long are being treated as such. Yeah, it's in their backyard now. Yeah. And uh, there was this news report going around saying that uh, veterans were being kicked out of hotels for the migrants. And it was something that we were just like, how the hell can the state who's just touting being a sanctuary city, like just completely botch the whole idea of being a sanctuary. And... <clears throat> um. And a bunch of news articles started coming out. I actually heard about it first on Breaking Points that uh, that that's actually a false story. Some Republican right wing uh, organization like fabricated the story, sent it out, and then no one corroborated it, and everyone just decided to start running with it. Mm. And you know, it kind of you know, it was something that kind of like because we're not we don't it's not that we don't want immigrants here in America. But we think the border crisis is so just fucking mind-numbing and um, and fabricated at this point just to be a political talking point that we can just see an easier way to do this. That we were talking about the same story as in, like, how the fuck does this happen? And it sounds like that's like, like they're still using the gyms. There still is a big immigration crisis in New York, but veterans were not, in fact, kicked out of their houses. And it just goes to show that even us who actually try to pay attention to this stuff and stick with it and things like that uh sometimes get things wrong well that's and i think it's really important that we admit that on the show to show that hey this happens it's okay yeah I'm glad. I mean, the outcome he, is better right the outcome the alternative and this is where i think a lot of people get hung up on this stuff that they're so afraid to be wrong to where being wrong in this situation is actually better because veterans aren't getting kicked out of hotels mm -hmm. so that's actually a good thing i'm glad it's wrong yeah and and it's it's the it's the idea that like we're all susceptible to you know the quote unquote even though i hate this word but quote unquote misinformation right or disinformation mm -hmm. like we all we can all even even those of us that that try to do our due diligence can can get caught up in that um can get caught up in that in that mind meld right and so but i think it's a product of just all of this activist journalism 
And because yeah. it's it's funny because the right always is often the ones that complain about like places like WAPO and the New York Times, you know, CNN and MSNBC and all the activist journalism about like using information to 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 push a narrative. And, and they're and they're correct because that's what these that's what these publications do. But clearly, you know, more conservative outlets are guilty of it as well when you have some right winger putting out bullshit about veterans being kicked out of hotels to make room for migrants. Like the migrant problem in New York is clearly already a big enough issue just based on the merit of the facts. But now you have, you like th these activist journalists, they always have to take it just a little one step further to make it seem just a little bit worse to see if they can get people to buy it and get people outraged. And, you know, it happens with left-wing publications and it happens with right-wing publications. And when you have outlets that you're supposed to trust to just give you the news and, and, and be uh, arbiters of information, not even bothering to corroborate, not even bothering to interview somebody or even make a phone call. Yeah, we, and we that's, what, that's, what, uh, that's what Krista was actually saying. It's, it's, she's like, the, everyone's talking about all oh, these hotels are kicking them out, but like no one even fucking called the hotels. Mm -hmm. There was no corroboration. All the time. Wait, what did you say last week? You said it went from uh, news sources trying to be right to news sources trying to be first to news sources trying to push a narrative. Yeah, and this was just low hanging fruit for them. Yeah. Did you ever watch? Um, did you ever watch the the great uh, Jeff Daniels HBO show, The Newsroom? It only had three seasons, I think. This is a really hard show to make. It was an Aaron, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, it was an Aaron Sorkin show who also did the West Wing. Um, and it was fantastic. And it actually fit the time period of like kind of the, the like the Bush Obama transition of news just constantly trying to be first. And, you know, uh, Jeff Daniels's character, he, he was the anchor of, you know, the, whatever the, the CNN kind of, you know, newsroom type show. And he was always like, I don't really give a shit about being first because he had I want to be right. We're not gonna we're not gonna run with this until we find three sources or two sources or whatever that corroborate this, and that form of news of trying to be first is now morphed into not just trying to be first, but also trying to push whatever whatever narrative your viewership likes, and or or readership likes, and that's the left wing publications and right wing publications they do it equally. And then they piss on the other side for doing it. That's right. What's brilliant but that about goes it. on to what we're just about to talk about is uh, because the left does this too. This was an example of the right doing it. Mm -hmm. And then the perfect example is City by Karen. Oh, you want to go to that? We can do that. Well, it's, yeah, I figure this is the perfect example of like the opposite end of it because this is the same thing that happened recently. And I forget what city it was even in. But there was a nurse who just got off a 12-month shift. And she 12 was, hours, she's not 12 months. Yeah, 12, 12 <laughs> hour shifts, six months pregnant. That's where I got It probably felt pregnant. like 12 months. Right. And uh, she went to go rent a bike. And she uh, paid for the bike and went to pull it out. And some kids tried to, like, snag the bike from her. So it's one of those city bikes where you where it's a, it's a city owned bike and they're in like a locked rack and you like put a credit card in or like pay with change or however the hell you do it. It unlocks the bike. You take it. You get charged for however far you ride it. You park it somewhere else and you pay for it. Right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it was and this is why it became such a thing bigger than it was is there was, I think, three or four black kids. 
who were harassing her after she paid for it and tried to take the bike. And it's, and I'll even give them the benefit of doubt because there was in the video, there's this other kid going, this bike, you know, or something like that. And his friends are like, no, no, never mind. Or something like that. It sounds like they might have even tried to rent a bike, but they got confused on which bike was theirs or whatever. Sure. And so they tried to take her bike. And she's like, no, you can't take this bike from me. It's my bike, you know. And then people were recording her and started calling her a racist and saying that she was trying to take this bike from these black kids. And uh, the news, just without any cooperation or figuring out what was going on, the news ran with it labeled her city bike Karen and started calling her a racist saying that her tears that she cried were fake, mm -hmm. which I'm sure they're fucking not. If you really think about it, this girl just got done. She's six months pregnant. Hormones going wild. And she just got done working a 12 hour shift as a nurse, as a nurse. And everyone immediately was just dogpiling on her, calling her a racist. But then she, so she had to get a lawyer. Like imagine like your whole life just getting overturned real quick at the snap of a finger over something like this. That you have to go and get a lawyer just to defend your honor and do all this stuff. And she has all the receipts. She shows her buying the bike that's in the video. It shows it has a $0 fee because in the video, she checks it out, pulls it back, and they lock it back in so she can't take it. So it's a zero charge. But the the number on the bike match her receipt that is on her phone. It was her fucking bike. And instead of anyone trying to corroborate this, it is immediately, it just hit all of those points. Karen, white, racist. Mm -hmm. And everyone jumped on it. And it's just so Bell, to me. Bell is uh, Bell is trying to signal to us that this was, in fact, in New York. I thought it was in New York. Um, but there's also been a GoFundMe <clears throat> set up for her that is currently raised over $100,000. Uh, and that's one of those things where it's like, I kind of look at that as kind of a, an overreaction to the reaction like this. Is that, I mean, I guess it's necessary because now she's got to pay attorney fees. I get it. Um, but it's, it's like, this should have just been, it shouldn't have been anything, but because somebody, somebody decided to, to whip a phone, you have the video, right? Um, but be, be, because somebody decided to, 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 to whip a phone out. And since we have to, create narratives out of news as opposed to just like because if this was just a, like a news story do you think any newsroom in america would have run with this like hey white lady argues with four black kids over a city bike if it, if it wasn't like s some sort of like virtue signally culture warrior thing and that's what's frustrating it never would have even been a about, story we're going to talk about kalamazoo in a little bit and the actual systematic racism that's happening there and no one talks about that stuff, but this quick little snippet video, you could throw it up on Twitter and it gets you all your virtual signaling check marks. And it's just frustrating. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 something that would not normally be a story. All right, here we go. You got the video here. You could be the you could be the judge. Please help me. Please help me help. Please get off me. What the fuck is going on, bro? Yo, yo, don't let him take it, bro. Now you're not getting the bait, bro. Now you're not getting the bait. Why you took his phone? What's wrong with you? Don't touch your phone. Don't touch your phone. I'm not touching you. You put your stomach on my head. Dude, stop. No, no, no. Please, help. Please, help. Please, help. Please, help. please help. She's just crying. Hassan, you're not crying. You're not crying. I got you. I got you. Wait, you 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 pulled it out. Hassan, you pulled it out. Hassan, Hassan, you pulled it out. This is my bike. It's on my account. 
Alright, that's it. Starting over. So, I mean, the, the narrative was pushed as that she was just like this overreactionary white lady that was acting like she was in danger because of the because of these these black men that were around her. And I, I don't get that vibe from her. No, uh, she was she was frustrated. She wasn't scared. And, it, and it, she's it, like, dude, honestly, it's just as simple as like it seems like it was probably a miscommunication. Like it seems like those those black kids really thought it was theirs. Yeah, that's were, what I'm all saying. they're trying the to get a bike. They weren't trying to steal her fucking bike. Yeah. And did she maybe overreact a little bit? I mean, yeah, I get I mean, I guess you could make that argument. But again, as you said, this woman's six months pregnant. She just got done with a 12 hour shift as a nurse at a hospital. She's probably really fucking exhausted, wants to get on this bike and go home and, you know, have dinner and put her feet up and, and go to sleep. Yeah, and so it was uh like like Bell just said, uh Camry was placed on leave from her job following the incident, and a spokesperson of the New York oh City God. public hospital system called the video disturbing in a statement in, to insiders Natalie Musumisi. That's so fucked up. And so that's that's I don't know if she was the, she, maybe she's been reinstated, but like the fact that that even happened in the first place is it, just so you know, you gotta check those boxes because if you don't, then the hospital's racist, right? The hospital's racist if they don't put her on leave, right? Right. Yeah, and so I'm not sure. I just asked Bell if he could find out if she was reinstated. Bell, hop in when you get that information. But uh, yeah, it's it's just the quick knee-jerk reaction to everything before the facts are corroborated. Like, it's this has got to stop, guys. And, and, that, and here's the thing. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that these, these – I don't know how many how many were there, but these – these young black men, I'm, I'm not going to say that they were being assholes because I don't think they were. Um, I think, I think there was, it was a genuine misunderstanding, just a simple misunderstanding that happens every day in millions of interactions every single day. But it obviously reminds me of the central park Karen story from, from a couple years back about the, you know, the, uh, if you, if you haven't, if, if you're listening and you don't know about this one, you can just type in central park Karen. I'm sure you'll be able to find it. It was a, it was a, 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 a bird watcher. Uh, I think a man in his thirties that happened to be happened to be black that was pissed off about dog walkers in central park, walking their dogs through this area of the park where they bird watch. And apparently they're not supposed to have dogs there. And he, he can, he confronted her and was actually threatening her. And there's a video of just the, the uh, quote unquote labeled central park, Karen freaking out and calling the police and saying she was being threatened by a black man. And what do you think the narrative was narrative was that she, she was being racist because there was a black man in her presence. And that guy actually was being an asshole. And it's it's this weird bigotry of low expectations that uh, these stories put forth by the narratives that they push. It's like if you are part of a, uh, again, easy for a white guy to say, right? But if you are part of a quote-unquote marginalized, marginalized groups, group, it's, it's basically like you have a license to just be a dick. Like decorum goes out the window if you're part of a quote unquote marginalized group because, you know, you're because you've been, you know, repressed or suppressed for 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 generations or whatever. And, and that's a that's a that's a difficult topic that we can that, that I think we dive into more, more, uh, more than we feel we should have to on this right. show. Uh, but it's it, it's it's. It's just this weird thing where you just, you have carte blanche to just be a dick. Now, luckily, most people are good people, whether, you know, 
regardless of what your race or sexual orientation is. And you don't engage in that kind of, most people don't engage in that kind of behavior. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's frustrating the way narratives are painted because whether you're black, white, you know, Hispanic, Asian, gay, straight, trans, uh, whatever, uh, there's assholes in every single one of these groups. And it's frustrating that calling out the assholeology of one group or another can all of a sudden be labeled like racist. Like because she pushed back against these young kids that she wanted her bike, it makes her the, the asshole. All right. So, so Bell just shared a, an, an interesting um, link to a news one article about, so again, this is, this is another problem that, that happens. So let's, let's kind of give the other side on this, right? Because when you have this sort of like, woke liberal reaction of of falsely labeling this woman a racist you're also going to have a counter reaction to that right you're going to have people that are legitimately racist going out and shitting on these teens and as we said earlier Corey, it seems like this was probably just a miscommunication but the fact that the that that this woman and these teenagers had different skin colors in this uh in this exchange makes it so that you're going to have stuff like this. So uh, Bell shared this from News One uh, where they interviewed one of the teen's mothers. uh, And hold on, here we go. Uh, He's a senior in high school. He should be planning to attend his prom and looking forward to walking the stage at his graduation in a few weeks. But instead, he and his family have spent the last week and a half living in turmoil. Michael is is the teen in the infamous city city bike video with... Sarah Jane Comrie, who's the nurse that we've been talking about, the woman who has been accused of weaponizing whiteness and her tears in an effort to take the bike from a teen in New York City. Betty has seen video after video of racists and trolls calling her son a thug and a thief and labeling him as as a man when, in her words, uh, he's just a boy. I completely I completely believe her. I I do, too. If you look at the comments, they're gross because that is and, and that is just another example of why taking these stories and trying to force your narrative out of them, you're going to get equal and, you know, for every reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? Uh, That's what you're going to get. You're going to get actual dickheads, actual racists who are going to, you know, call this guy racial, call this kid racial slurs. When, as we've seen, or what I got out of this video is it just seems like a misunderstanding with a frustrated pregnant woman who just got off a 12 hour shift as a nurse and teens who think they paid for a bike and it turns out maybe they, they, they got the wrong bike. It should be a nothing story. And you know what I hope happens out of this? Because it's going to go away, right? It's just the flavor of the month cultural issue, right? Next week, I'm going to forget about it. You're going to forget about it. Everybody listening to this is going to forget about it. Cause there's going to be something else that comes along. But I hope there's, I, I hope there's a scenario where uh, Comrie and these teens kind of get together and, and, and go like, Hey, look, this was, this was a misunderstanding. Um, we're all cool with each other. I hope that's what happens. I hope that's what we find out. Like, cause all of these people's lives have been fucked now because of this stupid little video of this, of this dumb little exchange that should have been nothing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's just, it's an absolute mess. And it's just, I found the misunderstanding. It's, uh, 
Yeah, it just sounds like two people tried to get a bike and they just had him got confused or something. And I don't know. It's just it's stupid. It's stupid that this is news when we have a here, debt ceiling. Well, here's thing. the deal. Yeah, I say, well, here's the deal. Here's the misunderstanding, honestly. So people in New York City ride these city bikes, right? After mm-hmm. 45 minutes of riding them, the rates go up. So what they do is they park them at a dock after 45 minutes, park them, dock them again to have the original rate instead of the rates. So these kids were riding the bikes. They docked the bike so, so that they didn't have to pay higher rates. And that's the bike. Perfect timing. Oh, yeah. Situation. Okay. So I was just saying <clears throat> they docked the bikes while they went to go and get, uh, well, they went to get their ice cream or whatever. And the bikes Something were docked. Is- but they still intended yeah. to use them, but they were docked. And she just walked up to grab one. And they're like, whoa, hold on. We're using that bike. And she's like, no, the bike's docked. So it sounds like just yeah. a normal bullshit interaction that happens probably every single day yes. on corners when there's just yeah. in a city of millions of people where there's like yeah. 15 bikes. I'm just, and you know what? It's probably yeah. a problem that they probably do have to deal with that they probably should try to figure out a way to t- type of quell these type of situations when you have an unmanned station where people can just rent bikes. More city bikes. <laughs> But to just, I hate how the narrative just immediately just goes to racism and things like that. And here we are now even talking about this for 10 minutes when we got a war in Ukraine. We got a debt ceiling thing. We got kids in Kalamazoo dying. And we got Montana's overreach of uh, government. And here we are stuck on talking on things like this because what we want to do is call it out just to tell everyone, just like kind of shake everyone, just wake the fuck up. This stuff probably happens every single day. Especially and it's not always race. It's not yeah. always racism. It's literally, not always literally because because the narrative always homophobia. turns to like it's not always just immediately narr- just people being evil. It's just people it, being people. The narrative always turns to like, well, if these kids were white, this would have happened, or if this lady was black and these kids were white, this would have happened. And it literally just boils down to a a shitty interaction with people that have different amounts of melanin in their skin. Do yeah, you, you know, realize how fucking stupid this is? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what's frustrating, Dan. It's like when we have everything that's being recorded and you only get snippets of video. Now, this goes for police shootings. Kyle Rittenhouse. This goes for Kyle Rittenhouse. This goes for scenarios like the Jordan Neely, Daniel Penny thing. Mm-hmm. You get these little 30-second videos. No one knows any of the context. And then everyone watches it and then immediately draws their own conclusions on different things of how things should have gone, how they could have gone, how they, what they could have supposedly did. Oh, but this happened. Oh, but there's this. And it's literally everyone on Monday morning after a bad football game on Sunday talking about, well, if that quarterback would have just thrown it to him instead of him. Well, and then- it's, it's interesting that you bring that up too, because I've, I have heard that of like, okay, maybe this lady uh Comrie was that, is that her name um she she could have just walked away from the situation she could have like that could have been a way she that she decided to handle it um but on principle she felt like these kids were trying to steal this bike from her and on principle they thought she was trying to do the same thing exactly so it's like they could have also just walked away like everybody every every confrontation that you ever have like one party could just walk away yeah, it could happen. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know that that's a great excuse. I think that's kind of. I'm not going to call these kids assholes. I'm not going to call her a racist. Me neither. It's just stupid fodder that keeps everyone distracted. 
from real shit that's happening. You want so what is some of that stupid fodder, Corey? You want to get into Ukraine? We could talk about Ukraine. You want to so, talk about Ukraine? Mm, I do want to talk about Ukraine. So listen, it's whoop. funny. Uh, shout out to Brandon Baird. He just said the same thing in the comments about how the things were docked and bikes were unavailable. And... Yeah, I think that's all it was. Just a dumb encounter between a tired, frustrated, pregnant woman and kids who felt like the bike was theirs. And why are we wasting our time on it, right? <laughs> To point out how dumb it is. Sometimes you hundreds of thousands of dollars and reputations and lives being destroyed. The kid's family is afraid to talk about it because of all the racists on social media now attacking him. This girl lost her job over a fucking bike that isn't even anyone's. <laughs> it's this whatever the city of New York's or whatever it is, or, or city banks, I think is what it We're is. We're supposed to be the smartest species in the world, Dan. <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you put people in a fishbowl like New York City. Uh, people wonder why I don't have any, I've never had an interest to move to a big city. It's because of shit like that. That's never yeah. going to happen in, in my, my, my suburban town, which is not all white. All right. Everybody chill out. <laughs> it's easy for you to say <laughs> you white suburbanite. Uh, Lily white suburbanite. <laughs> uh, anyway, on just, to Ukraine. Just trying to just water my flowers, just pay my mortgage. Stuff that actually matters. Uh, what, watering Ukraine. flowers and paying. Oh, Ukraine. Okay. Yeah. Now that too. But we don't know. <laughs> we don't know any of the numbers coming out of Ukraine at this point. Um, I believe. I don't remember. I remember how long it was ago. But the uh, the Pentagon has now uh, failed. I think four straight audits or something <laughs> like that. Which to me, I mean, that is just that is just proof that this war, the Iraq War, Afghanistan, uh, the first Gulf War, you want you want to go back to Vietnam and Korea. Just proxy war, wars suck. War, but it's also just a money laundering scheme at this point, right? And Bell gave us the numbers in the pre-show about how much money we've actually given to Ukraine and not because I think Bell's lying to me, but because I don't believe any any numbers money wise that come out of the Pentagon. I just, when they, I just when they can't even prove where the numbers are. They don't even they can't even prove where the where, where the money is. And and not to mention it's like okay, you give you give the money or the weapons to to the Ukrainians, and where does that money end up? It ends up back in the pockets of uh Raytheon and General Dynamics and uh Lockheed Martin. It is nothing more than a money laundering scheme for for the military industrial complex. But when you say that, you get virtue signaled, right? You get you get hit with, well, who do you want to win this war? Right. And obviously, I think it's like it's important to say that ultimately, when it comes down, if you if we had to choose a side, Ukraine is the country that is being invaded. Equalizing's got a great comment here. Uh, I should be able to claim Zelensky as a dependent on my tax <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. We all should. And it's and it's funny because and it's funny and it's sad because it's true. And you know, and it, and you understand that Ukraine is just a bunch of people that live there, just like here. Mm -hmm. A government, a questionable government, just like here, just like Russia. You get three countries with questionable governments with motives of their own self-serving interests. And one invaded one, and now we're dumping all of our money into that country, which I'm okay with helping, but it's like we're the only ones. No other country is even putting a candle to what we're sending them. 
And it does ultimately look like it's just a bunch of money scheme. We want to stick it to the Russians and we'll fight them to the last Ukrainian that dies. And it's just, where's the peace talks? You know, um, what's his name? Naftali Bennett, the former prime minister from Israel was like, there was, there was, I was trying to get negotiations and talking going. America stopped it. This is just uh, ghosts in the closet from the Cold War of us saying Russians are bad and wanting to go after them. I don't even, I think it's even more simple than that, man. I think it's literally just military industrial complex lobbyists needing perpetual war, needing perpetual war to, to, to meet their bottom lines. I mean, think about, think about how dumb this is. I mean, really think about how dumb this is. Afghanistan just ended and that was their last money grabbing scheme. No, but, well, here's the thing. Cause at least with Afghanistan and Iraq, like it, it all turned out to be bullshit and, and, and whatever. And we probably should have known it from the beginning, but you at least had nine 11 happen. Okay. And I don't mean to like brush nine 11 aside as if it didn't matter. Cause obviously it was a horrible, tragic day in this country. And, and, we all remember where we were when it happened, but at least you had an actual attack on American soil to sort of justify uh, a little uh, a bullshit proxy war that would that would pay the military industrial complex all this money. With Ukraine, we are literally talking about a a tiny region of Ukraine that's like the size of fucking New Jersey, and which side of a fucking border it belongs on. Explain to me, like I'm a four year old, how in the fuck. That has anything to do with the United States. That has yeah. anything to do with our national security. It's it is all bullshit. And all they do is they. Because it's a sovereign it like, country, Dan. They, they, it's exactly Corey. They frame it like they always frame it. Even this though is, Saudi Arabia is going into Yemen. This is about this is about uh, saving democracy. What you're, was you're it? Full uh, of shit. You're full who, of shit. Who was it just recently? In is it Africa or South America? One country just started fucking with another one. Um. I think it's Africa. Two countries were just starting to duke it out. Yeah, like when those countries that we don't have any financial interest in fight each other, we don't really have much to say or even talk about it in the news. But if it's Russia. Yeah, and the way oh, it's, if it's Russia. And the way it's talked about is like if you if you if you don't want Ukraine to win this war, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about a winner of this goddamn war i want it to be over yeah i don't I want, want nukes i want i want peace to be negotiated like as much as i can't stand donald trump he had that one right i mean do i believe that if donald trump became president that somehow like he would he would actually end this war in a way that Dan, makes sense probably he said not. he would end it in 24 hours i know that's uh, obviously nonsense uh <laughs> but but he but he's at least saying the right thing right he's at right. least yeah. saying yeah, like yeah, yeah what do you say he goes i don't to, want people i want people to stop dying yeah i just i don't want i want i i you know and obviously what a novel concept <laughs> that's insane but, but that's not what that's not what the that's not what the powers that be want no they want it is interesting though seeing war. what a 650 billion dollar uh, budget for a military does over in Ukraine. We got like it's seeing the technology, the technolo technological differences between the two is just absolutely just astonishing. And I know we have down here in the banner, you know, Zelensky gets what Zelensky wants. He just and, got F-16s. And I think I think the reason I put that in there is because that like everything that Joe Biden 
again, this isn't just a Joe Biden thing. I think most presidents would operate this way. Uh, everything that Joe Biden has said he wasn't going to do for Ukraine outside of the no-fly zone, he's eventually caved to. Why? Why? The military-industrial complex. You get, you get, you, you essentially get to sell F-16s. I know they're not framing it that way, but you now you essentially get to sell F-16s to Ukraine, which is more profits for I don't remember, I don't even know who the fuck makes it, but I'm sure it's a combination between General Dynamics and Raytheon and and Lockheed Martin, uh, and so that's that's a money making opportunity. A no fly zone, right? Remember remember the whole no fly zone discussion and whether or not we should do it, or, and and that never went through. But there's no money to be made off of a no-fly zone. Right. Because if there's a no-fly zone, may maybe, I doubt it, but maybe Russia actually uh, uh, doesn't fly over the territory. Well, that's less death, which means you need less weapons, which means there's less money to be made for the military-industrial complex. Right, but who enforces the no-fly zone? I that's believe NATO would. I believe, I believe that was a NATO, a NATO deal. Yeah. And then NATO shoots down a Russian plane, and then guess what? World War Three. <laughs> Which, as that, that's, that, that's, that's what's so that's, that's what's too far. so wild about this too, right? Is like it's very clear that like if it was a one to one match or even a war between like Russia or NATO or anyone, it would just be they just they'd get the shit kicked out of them. But those fucking nukes, the nukes that are now being moved to Belarus. I love to see the idea that a sovereign country can defend itself. That's how, you know, like it's, it's a fundamental core to us as Americans of standing up to like the big guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But whether or not Ukraine gets invaded isn't going to affect my personal life, but you know, it will affect my personal life. Nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. At some point you would think. Right. And we're moonwalking ourselves closer and closer to that edge for what money for money <laughs> and, and geopolitical influence. That's just, yeah, I was going to say that's a, that's kind of a silly question. Definitely for money. Um, so it's almost a rhetorical question. Where did the F-16 situation go? come to fruition so Zelensky was at the g7 conference which is interesting because ukraine isn't even a member of g7 so yeah yeah i just don't, i just yeah it's he just he just shows up and gives a speech and you know talks about how the west needs to you're do a great more. proxy we hate russia good job you stooge <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean it's he comes and he's you know the, the west needs to do more the west needs to do more and everybody knows now that when it comes to war when somebody says the West needs to do more, what they really mean is the United States. Needs yeah, to do you know, more. exactly. Like put your fucking money where your mouth is like, sure, I'm down to help and give aid, you know, but it's like, why are we the only ones footing this bill? And why isn't there any sort of peace talks, any sort of negotiations? And I love how all Zelensky had to do to get the Biden administration to pull the trigger on sending him F-16s was say, we're not going to use them offensively. We're not going to take them into Russian territory, even though there's drone That's strikes. Yeah. I there's drone strikes over the feels about that. There's yeah, there's drone strikes over the Kremlin. Um, there's some decent evidence that they, uh, that the Ukrainians have, have now bombed the, uh, they, that they bombed Poland at one point uh, as, a, <coughs> as kind of a, as a false flag that hasn't been proven yet, but uh, would you be shocked? I wouldn't. Uh, and so, 
but then I look at it when Biden comes out and says, well, I've gotten an assurance from Zelensky that uh, that they're not going to use these planes to go into Russian territory. Our and I go, own okay. fucking intelligence is speaking differently to that. But OK, let's just say that that's true, right? You, you have to put it in context. So what does Russian territory mean? Right. I think I think uh, I think it was uh, Sagar and Jetty of Breaking Points who, who made this point. It was a really good point. What about Crimea? Because Russia considers Crimea to be Russian territory. Since 2014, after we backed a uh, a coup there. The Ukrainians consider it to be Ukrainian territory, and then some people just consider it disputed. So what if you send F-16s into Crimea? You might think, as as Zelensky or Biden, that that, that they're not going into Russian territory, but that's not how Vladimir Putin's going to see it. Just an interesting, just an interesting little thing to think about when we're talking about such small territory. No, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a fucking mess, man. <laughs> it's a disaster, and we we also now have the CIA CIA recruiting uh, frustrated Russians as spies. Hold on, another thing with the F sixteens. Sure, they are not sending them for a long time. They came out and said it this morning. Mm -hmm. They don't have pilots that can fly an F-16 in the Ukraine. Um, (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) So actually what's happening is they said that they would send the F-16s, but they're trying to convince Denmark and the Netherlands to donate jets because they're in a better position to donate jets. Yeah, but right. So name, at the end of the name day, name the two countries again. Sorry, I missed that. What were the two countries you mentioned? Denmark and the Netherlands. Okay, so they're in a better position. Do they have X16s or do they have uh, the SUs in the MIGs? Ah, uh, that's what I'm trying to find out right now. Okay, me, because uh, uh, I'll get back to you on that. Well, yeah. While you're while you're looking that up, the United States has the say at the end of the day with with all NATO forces that they send equipment to. Right. So so there's I can't remember what it's called, but there's a contract where if we send weapons of any kind to a NATO nation, they cannot then sell those weapons without the United States signing off on it. So at the end of the day, whether they're coming from Denmark or they're coming from, you know, South Texas, at the end of the day, the United States still has to sign (laughs) But Dan or Bella, can't the just the ghost of Kiev just fly all the planes at once? <laughs> God, that turned out to be complete bullshit, didn't it? Yeah, I also want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, Bell. We got Jamiroquai as a special guest. I think, that, I think that's directed at Bell, the body. Yeah, center. he goes, wow, you guys got Jamiroquai as a special guest. <laughs> that's partially true. Every week. <laughs> Every week. He's not a special guest. He's a reoccurring guest. Oh, all by the way, budget. They- I was gonna say they fly our budget is spent on him. Yeah. Who flies F 16s and F 35s? Denmark and the Netherlands. Oh, do they? That makes sense. They're they're also in a position to donate some badass jets. But they got the United States has to has to then sign off on it. Uh, We do have. Yeah, that is true because that's one thing with F 16s when we sell them in the contract. Like we have the people that use them, the people that buy them. There's like stipulations. Yeah, that's what I just said. Jet. I know. 
That's just reiterating <laughs> it, bud. It's not just jets either. I believe it's all weapons, all weapon systems, I should say. Like you could probably they can probably sell some some guns or whatever, but like actual weapon systems have to be signed off. Uh, I could be completely wrong about that, but you think we just got kill switches on those? Uh, like, like the Lojack yeah. Malfar the Superstar? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you didn't pay your bill off, and the jet just falls to the ground. <laughs> no, we love debt. We love upping debt, and we love our, upping our own debt, and we love collecting on debt. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the CIA recruiting frustrated Russians as spies? Oh, I was going to say, that was a good segue, but yeah, we can talk about that. Oh, you want to talk about the debt ceiling? <laughs> a little bit of phenomenal segue. We'll do you have the that. video? Do you have I, the, the CIA Russian video? I do. I do. Give me one second. I'm going to pull it up here. Okay. Uh, yeah, because so apparently on top of all this, America is... As we, as we continue to attack other countries for trying to influence the American people in our government and things like that, and things like banning TikTok and the whole Russiagate thing that turned out to be a flop, we are doing the exact same thing. I dig it. Let's let's take a look at this bizarre recruitment video from the CIA to frustrated Russians. You can hear that, right? Mm -hmm. I can't speak Russian, but yeah. Yeah. I'll read it. Why are the lives of some people more valuable than the lives of others? And who decides that? To be a hero means to hold your ground. But does holding your ground imply suffering in vain? that he never finds out that he's in a prison. We easily buy into lies. We know what our reality is like. The reality I don't believe in revolution. True life exists in unnoticed souls. Unnoticed in my country. Not to me. I will live a true life. This is my Russia. It will always be my Russia. I will hold my ground. My family will hold their ground. We will live in dignity, owing to my actions. Perhaps people surrounding you don't want to hear the truth. We do. You're not powerless. Yeah, so the CIA... Contact us, contact us in a safe way. <laughs> Central Intelligence Agency logo. Yep. Is this the life you dreamed of? Oh, shut up. The Yes, the, a, biz a bizarre CIA recruitment video. Yeah, yeah, the they're Russians, making fun the of it. Spy and the epic. Oh, is it? Is that what yeah, that this, is? This is a continuation of the video making fun of it. <laughs> oh, is that it? like a is that a Russian one making fun of it? Yes. Path you chosen. Every morning you wake up and try to get your job, plotting your route between mass shooting, the BLM protest, the train going off the rails, and the gay pride parade. <laughs> this is America. But how can you, the common man, change that? Perhaps the good old KGB can help you. To contact us, 
Woke up the most suspicious man in a tracksuit in Brighton Beach and say the code phrase, I want to be a Russian hacker. <laughs> KGB, become our comrade today. <laughs> so basically, they, they made a video about like if the KGB had done it. <laughs> that's the actually pretty is, funny. I don't know if that's made by uh, just people making a troll video or if that's actually by the KGB, but that's no, it was funny people making it was people making a troll video. I remember that's watching funny. Yeah, yeah. So the CIA is now just throwing that on Telegram and all the different social media platforms that uh, people in Russia use. Be like, hey, we know that if you just even possibly reach out to us, it's going to get you and your entire family murdered. But just go ahead. <laughs> you want to make a couple of US dollars? It's, it's trading a little bit higher than the ruble for now till our debt ceiling collapses. It's interesting that like our intelligence agencies are using like the same tactics on Russians that like the the establishment in America would tell us is like conspiracy theory. Does that make sense? Like like yeah. what that that's what that video that's what that video demonstrated to me. It's so yeah. it's so it's just so interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh the same thing we're bitching about other countries doing here is what we're doing. It's good for me, not good for thee. Good for me, not good for thee. Contact the KGB. We're probably going to get pinged for that. They're going to say we're spreading <laughs> Russian, <laughs> Russian disinformation. Uh, oh, man. How about the debt ceiling? The, the, the debt ceiling crisis, Corey. Uh, as soon as, is it June 1st? God, man, by the time some people are listening to this, this is going to happen. Uh, we could mm -hmm. have, we could have a shutdown of the government. So, I don't have I, I don't have a ton to say about the fact that the 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 what happened? telephone uh, the, no the the is uh, it important the, answer no it. it was a fucking Randy Travis song that just randomly started on my phone uh, he was probably naked <laughs> in a church parking lot when when he recorded it <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the CIA yeah right I'm trying to well hold on which song is it it is uh, better class of losers. <laughs> it just randomly started playing on my phone. But yeah, uh, CIA's listening. <laughs> wow, they really they, you guys couldn't have just, you know, electronically meant like fucked with our brakes or like put fake child porn on our computers. You had to go and call us losers on our show through Randy Travis. <laughs> through Randy <laughs> Travis? Of all, of all people. There are three wooden crosses on the north side of the highway. And they all blend. <laughs> they all belong to Dan Corey and Bell. Uh, what the fuck was I saying? Oh. The debt ceiling crisis. I'm so tired of having this conversation. Um everybody wants to try and convince you that somehow this <laughs> this one is scarier because obviously a lot of folks misinterpret the like raising the debt ceiling to somehow like accumulating more debt. But as we've talked about on this show, the last time this happened, which is probably a fucking year ago or two years ago, or I know we've talked about it on the show before we haven't been around that long. Um, it's just our ability to pay the bills that we already have. So it has yeah, to happen or you it's... default on the national debt. Right. Uh, the, the reason I find this one just a hair scarier just a hair. I'm not that concerned at this point because because Biden's just going to cave because he understands that we can't default on our debt. 
is 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 the Freedom Caucus that's involved here. So establishment Republicans understand what's at stake here, but the Freedom Caucus is is is, is at a point now where I shouldn't even say now; they've always been at this point where their their number one concern is making Joe Biden look bad. So what does that mean? They would have absolutely no issue fucking over all the Americans, making us default on our debt, crashing the economy, uh, putting hundreds of thousands of people out of work just to make Joe Biden look bad. And the problem is that the people that have the cons the, the, the that are the constituency of the Freedom Caucus are going to vote all these people in again because they're idiots. I don't generally like to call voters idiots, but there are times where. It's kind of called for. I still don't like to do it. I want to, uh, like, for the sake of context, like, who was the person? You know, it's like everyone calls, you know, Trump voters, like, oh, deplorables. But remember who he was vote going against, and it was Hillary Clinton. And it's like, what was the other option that, well, like, people I'm thought Marjorie Taylor Green was? I'm comfortable saying that not all you know, mag, MAGA voting MAGA. I should just say Trump Trump voters are racist, but all racists are Trump voters. Would you agree with that? Well, not maybe not anymore because we do have Ron DeSantis involved now. So that might not be or the case. Biden. <laughs> oh, Joe Biden's a racist? Oh, Joe Biden's definitely a racist. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we've been over that. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, so I'm, I was, yeah, so I'm saying maybe not all the racists are Trump supporters. They probably support Biden too, some of them. Oh, the, the, the racists that don't realize they're racist, like the people that are cool with uh, the bigotry of low expectations kind of kind of racists. Yeah. Like white saviors, like white saviors don't even realize how racist they are. I love that. That's so funny. It's fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> shut up, black person. I'm here to save you. I'm here to tell you why. <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to tell you what's racist and what's not. You shut your mouth. I'm going to I'm here to help you. <laughs> It's like, oh, I, you speak so articulate. I love white saviors, man. <laughs> white saviors crack me the fuck up. Anyway, that's ceiling. Um, what's your take on it? Because that's really my only take. That like, this is the only thing that it's, makes this one particularly scary. Because they always work it out in like the eleventh hour, right? Because and they're going knows, to, yeah, and they're going so. to, yeah. I think they're going to. There's too much writing on it if they don't. Because what they like to do is they both try to just pull each other into the muck so much that like. The right's going to blame Biden. The left's going to blame Republicans when they're all equally going to be at fault. And uh, it's going to make everyone look bad. And who's what the reason why it's going to hit the 11th hour thing, short of maybe a couple people in the Freedom Caucus who maybe had some gra a bunch of grassroots supporters. <laughs> is, on you. I know, right? Is the fact that as soon as their big city donors and the wall street donors and stuff like that start to see a hit in their stock, they're going to lose their shit and they're going to be like, well, we're going to pull the rug out from all of you if you don't figure this out. And then they figure it out. <laughs> just magically. Just magically Every time they just magically figure it out. Yeah. Government I mean, might shut down for a couple of days. I feel like, I feel like Biden's going to be the one that, that caves. I think he has to. Cause this, this is point. different than a budget. Yeah, a budget deficit. This is different than that, like a reconciliation bill. You right. know, like when we had when uh, when Trump was president and we had like three weeks when the government was closed or whatever, and we all magically just went on about our day. 
but <laughs> it's like, oh wow, we don't even need these guys. <laughs> but uh, but the debt ceiling one is a little bit different because it affects credit rating. You know, a lot of the a lot of the budgetary money comes from the fact of selling bonds and so that people love buying our debt because they know we're gonna pay it, and that's what helps keep us afloat. To where if you let the debt default, it doesn't show us as capable to pay our debts as people would like. So then people stop buying our debt. And then it's just a snowball effect because we because that's the thing. And that's where the Republicans actually do have a leg to stand on in all of this. Like we are what, 20 trillion dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. Why are we still just kicking this can down the road? Like, when are we going to figure this shit out? How the hell have we gotten this far? Well, and here's here's another here's another thing. Uh, uh, they actually have a second leg to stand on, perhaps, Corey, or at least like a, a, a like a kickstand coming out of the first leg, which is that the world is steadily moving away from the U.S. dollar. We're seeing this. I think it's going to suck to start with, um, but ultimately, I, ultimately, I think it's going to be a good thing. And so. Maybe I, I mean, even that I, I I remember I remember when like bricks first came out too and I was freaking out about it but then really think about it like who's in bricks? It's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and Saudi Arabia, right? I don't know. Bell will tell us. And, and Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a weird one in there. Uh, Borat got them involved. We like to join bricks. It might be Kazakhstan. All those countries hate each other. India and China are on the brink of war. Russia and India, like, you know, China and India are both also starting to condemn Russia over the over the Ukrainian-Russian yeah. war. We're going to, the people, like, other than those countries creating their own little, like, trading currency. Yeah, but Corey, who's going to Who's going to decide? But what I'm saying is, like, all the neutral countries who have to choose between the U.S. dollar and BRICS. When there's no way the BRICS dollar is going to be any more stable than the American dollar. Right. But isn't the globe starting to recognize as, you know, a lot more of the American public is what America is and has done to the global economy and to to the globe in general over the last 70 years, basically since World War Two, you know, like when you have China who's 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 winning by and look, they're not doing it in good faith, right? They're essentially taking these nations and putting them in irreversible debt by going in and building infrastructure for them and essentially holding them hostage financially. It, it's it's not a good thing that that China's doing. But you know what they're not doing? They're not bombing places. They're, they're not going in and killing a shit ton of people or or paying other nations to go in and kill a shit ton of people in order no, to quote, unquote, right. spread democracy. You're right. But it, at the same token, the world is just now starting to, like, push back against America for it. So America is at a as a at a at a uh, at a pivotal moment. You know, we are at a moment like of uh, of having two paths to decide to just tell the whole world to fuck off. And keep bombing countries, and then, like, where BRICS is probably not sustainable. BRICS is going to be shit. But if we keep on the same trajectory, there might be a moment where other countries actually build a sustainable like trading currency, or we shape up and ship right, and fix our own shit, and then 
it evens the keel and then people continue to trade in the US dollar. Who We're at a point right now taking the helm in the White House right now that actually has a chance to win it that's going to do that in the next 8 years. Cuz like this is this is one of those things where it's like this thing is speeding up really really quickly. I don't think we have 8 years. I don't think you we know, have 8 it, years to make this different. It's amazing how things can, how fast things can change and I have a little bit of faith because look how just the narrative and the establishment media and 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 like how there's actual voices in Congress that are criticizing our imperialistic tendencies. That maybe, wasn't a thing. Media, that was like that happened in our lifetime, and not just in our lifetime. In the last like ten years of our life, and also maybe how Wapo and uh, certain other publications and news outlets are like tongue in cheek trying to sabotage Joe Biden. I'm a hundred percent convinced that's what they're doing. I'm a hundred percent convinced. But here's the thing: I don't know if or, they're doing maybe that. that's another. But wait, I don't know if they're doing that because they genuinely realize that Joe Biden just ain't the answer, or if it's about dollars and they actually want to see another Trump presidency because that's what brings in the money. Or is it uh, the, you know, the, the sheath being pulled off the face of all the Americans realizing all of our mainstream media is just bullshit and them realizing that they need to shape up and ship right, or they're going to lose out to things like breaking points and things like reason magazine and things like the daily wire. And th- you know what I mean? Like maybe they're realizing that hey, maybe we should stop just trying to feed echo Well, the Daily Wire just the talks about isn't trans stuff, so they're kind of thrown out well, the window. I'm sorry, the Morning Wire. <laughs> they're actual. They're actual. They have a morning, like Newswire, like NPR. It's actually really good. I'd recommend. Yeah, I it. honestly, just as a side note, I don't actually hate the Daily Wire as a whole. I just hate their two big talking heads. Matt because Walsh like and ben Shapiro. because because they're Walsh, fucking shills, man. Well, and Walsh, Walsh, but Walsh and Shapiro, Walsh and Shapiro. Here's what's interesting about those guys. They are basically CNN. And hear, hear, hear me out for those of you who like him. He, hear me out for those of you who like them. They need wokeness and trans ideology like CNN and MSNBC need Donald Trump. Because without those things, they have nothing. They have nothing. What do they have left? What are they going to talk about? Boring shit like we do. If those things went away. I'm going to bring Bell back in because it looked like he had something to say uh, before I went on my tangent. Oh, I was just going to enlighten a little bit on the BRICS alliance. Okay, go ahead. I was way off. There's no Kazakhstan. There's not even a K in the BRICS alliance. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Um, uh, they have a combined area of 39,746,220 square kilometers or around 15 and a half million square miles. And the population within those five countries is about 3.2 billion, which is a little over a quarter of the world's population. I was going to say that that's the, the, the scariest thing to me about BRICS is the fact that China and India are both involved and they're far and away, yeah. far and away. It, um, like, literally, literally it could yeah, just but, be those two. And it, it would scare me a little bit economically. But it's a shaky dollar. Brazil as well. It's a shaky dollar is what I'm saying. India and China, there's no way those two are going to see eye to eye anytime soon. They're over there still beating the shit out of each other in the mountains. 
Well, it depends. Sure. I mean, all you all you need is they don't even, they don't even have an established border. Well, an established border is probably yeah. something that's pretty important when it comes to a trade currency. Well, yeah, but they also have the Himalayan mountains separating them. I don't think you need a I don't think you need a border down to the exact latitude. <laughs> to well, be, they think they do. That's the issue. They think they do. They're over there beating the shit out of each other over undisputed land. It's like but all it, like all it takes over there. All it takes is an Indian leader that is a little bit sensitive to China. I think that's all it takes. But watch how fast they kick them out. That's the world's biggest democracy. Those guys are pretty wild mm-hmm. over there. I think there's I one point. I think, honestly, I think we are making a huge yeah. misstep as in a geopolitical strat- strate- strategery. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, George W. I know. I was kidding. In a strategic geopolitical move. I'm going after really grill. To- Laura, where's my spatulator? We need to really actually take India seriously as a country. We just don't. And like, like we just sent a guy to be our uh, ambassador there who has like a bunch of sexual assault charges and stuff like that, or uh, implications. And it's the world's biggest democracy. And it's good that India is going to be the powerhouse. They have a young population. And that's someone that we should actually take seriously. And then all of uh, the Asia, like the, Pacific Asian countries like Japan, South uh, South Korea, Philippines, Australia, New Zealand. Japan's having a little bit of a population issue themselves. Yeah, but they uh, because of what China's doing right now, South Korea and Japan are actually getting closer. Their ties are getting tighter. Who they historically they do not like each other because of World War Two. I mean, I'm I'm all right with the rest of the world kind of holding us accountable. I think we're probably ultimately yeah. No, help. we if if we're not going to hold ourselves accountable, we need someone else to do it. It's going to cause some stumbling blocks. We're not going to be the big, the biggest, meanest, toughest guy in the block anymore. We're going to have competition. In and I think, and it's going to make us smarter. Much of the, much of and the it's going to make us world. more streamlined, and that's much- good for America. Much of the rest of the world recognizing that we're kind of the world's bully is ultimately, I think, going to be a good thing. Right. And it took 50 years to get there. It's probably going to take a couple of decades to heal those wounds. But it's like I said, it's going to make us as a country more conscientious. It's going to make us smarter and it's going to make us more tactful. And that's better for the whole world. I think we have a generation of people, too. And I'm talking about. Some of the, some of the, I mean, Gen Xers, especially the younger ones, millennials and Gen Z is really young. And I know we like to shit on them at this point. Cause like a, a lot of the, you know, the gender issues or whatever, we like to shit on them a little bit. But like, if you remember when, when we were high school age and college age, everybody shit on us too. And I think millennials have a really, really good, an, an underestimated grasp of geopolitical issues and just ultimately politics in general and recognizing how and why we were fucked over because I don't think generations before us realize the ways in which their parents and their grandparents generations fucked them over. And it's not to say that it was all bad, right? Obviously it wasn't, there were things that our parents did, right? There were things that our, our grandparents did, right? But I think our generation is the first generation to really understand where our parents got it wrong. And I know they like to like, I know they get defensive, right? I'm sure you've probably had these conversations with your parents. I know I've had them with mine. I've had them with, with, with the older generation about how you guys just don't blah, blah, blah. 
And it's like, okay, well, here's the reasons. Here are some of the reasons why, why we are the way we are. And here are some of the reasons uh, why you should realize that it was kind of partially your fault. Um, something that I've always found interesting about how yeah, when that's, older that's generations bitch about topic. older generations bitch about younger generations, where it's like, okay, well, you're the ones that raised that younger generation that you bitched right. about, and we're just more careful. There's a reason we're having kids later because we can't afford it. And right. some yeah, of that's it's, it's a delicate conversation to have. Like, and I've had that conversation with my parents, and I've had to reiterate, like, when I say, yeah, you know, like the generate, you know, the boomers, the ones in charge are the ones who got handed this wonderful, phenomenal country and just straight fucked it up. And then I'm not saying that it's you personally. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, look at our living standards. It's not you. You weren't the one there doing this, but it's people in your age bracket that did this. They, they groomed when they us. They say be... things like, oh, you guys just want participation trophies. It's like, you were the fuckers who made them. Yeah, and and, and not, not only that, but it's like you, you're the ones that, like, raised us to be consumers and take on debt and you know this is just how we do things to 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 get ahead in life and it's like or no i mean i think the biggest issue was and and here's the thing here, here's the number one thing we were all told as millennials like if you don't go to college you're a loser right you remember hearing that you remember hearing yeah. like, that was the way nobody ever said that but that's kind of the way you were made to feel as you went through elementary and middle. Yeah, they would school. show the graphs of people who didn't go to college yeah. and how much they made and people who went to college right go to college go to college or you're a loser and i think a lot of that came from our parents out of love because a lot of the boomers and the older gen xers didn't go to college and they took factory jobs and they busted their ass and they worked with their hands and they went and they knew it I don't sucked want I don't Make I don't it. want my kids to do that. I want them to go to college. So like it's not to say that they that they did it out of malice. They did it out of love. Right. But now we've oversaturated all of those fields and now our generation has has reached a spot where it's like we're telling our kids like dude, it's cool if you want to be a welder. You know what I mean? Dude, it's like it's insane, isn't it? That education <laughs> was such a that education was such a sparse thing in this country that we oversaturated the country with education to where education is like not even like a uh, attribute to have to get a good job. Yeah. It's, it's basically like if you don't have a bachelor's degree, you're pretty much eliminated from like 75% of job applications. It's, it's starting to, it's starting to turn around though. Because it, 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 we're starting to realize that a degree is just an overpriced piece of paper at this point. Doesn't make you better at your job. Doesn't, you know, fun to have, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. I'm over here uh, tapping out my degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like, what has it gotten you at this point? I'm making a cool podcast with some friends. Eh, it's fun. Yeah, we learned some stuff. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we, we kind of got off on a tangent there. That wasn't all really about the debt ceiling. But I think the last thing we have to talk about is some uh, probably maybe our most important topic of the day, which is e graphic packaging. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Uh, Montana's TikTok ban because there's a bunch of uh, like court cases and stuff now and suits and stuff following that around that like that one's OK to marinate. We have to put a, a, uh, a pin in that one. But this one. We're not sure exactly how to feel about the TikTok ban anyway, because like how much of it is free speech and how much of it is, you know, I don't know. I, I got a little bit of a libertarian view on it, but we'll, we'll talk about it at another time. Um, 
So Kalamazoo. Tune in next week to hear us talk about Montana's TikTok ban. Have you ever noticed that like when we talk about like actual issues within the country, like we lose viewers, like nobody gets this is why nobody this is why <laughs> this is this is why no none of the mainstream publications pick to pick this kind of shit up. Uh, because our great state of Michigan now is responsible for the Flint water crisis, which, by the way, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, Flint still does not have clean water. Jackson, Mississippi still does not have clean water. And uh, East Palestine is now going through uh a plethora of lawsuits because it turns out that perhaps the EPA did an illegal burn at the crash site. Have you oh, seen that? This? No, I didn't. Uh, they, they, they claimed it was a controlled burn is what is this, this. I'm speaking a little bit out of my ass cause I don't have anything in front of me right now, but I, I think I remember what I read was they, they claimed it was this sort of uh, legal controlled burn, but it turns out it may have been a banned open burn. And yeah, so East Palestine is still uh, in some shit. You're probably going to see some fish with legs walking really soon. If any of them are left alive. Right. Yeah. The ones that are left alive are going to evolve and mutate. Uh, but now we have the next uh, humanitarian crisis. Again, here in our great state of Michigan, Kalamazoo, which has always been a city that has had industry. It's always been a sort of industrial town. Um, they do a lot of plastics work in Kalamazoo. I just know this being in the food industry. We buy a lot of our, our packaging from them. Um, the company that I work for. And so graphic packaging has been accused now of poisoning the air, essentially, throughout Kalamazoo. Uh and this has been a problem now for years, as we saw in Flint, right? People complaining about Legionnaire's disease long before anybody actually chose to take a look at the water quality of Flint, Michigan. Very similar with the air quality in Kalamazoo. Here's the interesting part. Odd smells, abnormally large amounts of cases of, of things like asthma and allergies for people that did not have histories of these things have been reported by the more poor, less affluent communities around Kalamazoo that are closer to the plant for a very, very long time. The state, knew about, the state knew about this. Governor Gretchen Whitmer knew about this and still gave the go-ahead to expand this plant in 2021 and now what's happening, Corey, is the more affluent parts of town. I'll leave. I'll just go ahead and say it. The whiter parts of Kalamazoo are now experiencing bad smells, shortness of breath, uh, more cases of asthma, more cases of, of, of overblown death. allergies and death uh, that look now we're all suddenly paying attention to what's going on here. So going back and, to and, the, and not to even to make city. us sound pompous, we're the same thing for us. It finally started to hit news outlets and stuff like that to where even finally caught our attention because mm-hmm. it was such a non-issue, such a non-reported thing that we didn't even catch wind of it. But this is something that you mentioned earlier on in the show when we were talking about the city by Karen. Like you want to talk about like how this this one random lady is somehow racist out of context. 
But you these fire, issues... you get her fired, Dad. And guess what? We oh, ended racism. We thank God. Like, Never dude. mind that 1,900 fucking kids that are black under the age of one in this in this area have died from 2010 to 2016. A five times average of black newborn deaths in Kalamazoo. I believe and again, it goes back to what we we're saying. It's not even about black necessarily. This is about a poor community. This is a class issue. No, no. Because no, I'm no, sure that there's no, no, white Corey. people that live there. I, I know what you're saying, and I agree with you personally but like the numbers actually show that black newborns right the demographics of that city is predominantly yes. black so yes effectively it is black people but it's are dying people. at five times the average of the, uh, the five times the national average i think that's the number maybe bell can find that for us but it's something like that it, it is there it is astronomically higher yeah of black newborns dying uh in in the kalamazoo area and this is what's fucked up about this i want to be clear about this because when the news reports things like that it's about doctors and nurses not taking black people seriously. You know what I mean? And they, they write it off as the doctors and the nurses are the racist ones not taking their patients seriously. And that's ah, why yes. black babies are dying. When no, in fact, graphic passage, packaging wastewater emits an unregulated gas, hydrogen sulfide from open surface clarifiers and underground vented piping that the gas can be toxic at low levels if inhaled regularly through over many years, which state health officials are reviewing in Kalamazoo. The hydrogen sulfide there is at four parts per billion when the EPA says it should not exceed 1.4. And there is in 2020, there was reports of it being 19 parts per billion. Yeah, and so... But we just expanded it, so it's fine. Yeah, and, 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 and it, so let's talk a little bit about why... Uh, so Bell says 10.8 per 1,000 for black infants, and he says that the average is around 1.9. So I think I even undershot the five times. That, oh, no, that's about right. So 2 to 10, yeah. So that's about five times the national average. Yeah. So so let, let, let's talk about why this this packaging plant was expanded. So, so this is something that I, I hope we pay a little bit more attention to. Um, okay, so here we go. Bell's got the numbers for us. So 10.8 per 1,000 for black infants. And the national averages for native and Alaskan is 8.45. Hispanics is 5. Whites is 4.6. So that's pretty close. And then uh, Asian slash Pacific Islander is 3.8. So we're talking so about the, double compared to whites. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about why why there was an expansion of this plant in 2021. So this is something that I hope folks notice a lot more. And it's, it's, it's something that we've talked about in a different context, as far as like the green energy revolution being nothing more than a kind of a money, money laundering grift in a lot of ways. So graphics packaging is a company that has prided itself on recycling and sort of gr more green packaging. And they've received government subsidies, which has gotten them an opportunity to create more jobs in the Kalamazoo area. And they do it all based on like, hey, we're super green. Look, we recycle all this paper and we turn it into packaging. We're awesome. Dan, uh, 2,000 dead black babies is nothing compared to the millions of lives that we're saving. So it's called The Anatomy of a Green Bond Scandal. And this is from uh, the, the, the Bitfor blog. And it says close to half of the municipal green bonds issued so far in 20. So this is a little bit of an older blog article, but issued so far in 2021 uh, were self-designating. 
self-designated, meaning their issuer has called the has called them green without any degree of third-party oversight or accountability. Wow, imagine that. Uh, though this is an improvement considering that as recently as 2015, more than 75% of green bonds issued uh, were self-issued. The reality is that companies like Graphic Packaging have been able to manipulate investors by boosting illusionary green credentials for as long as topics of sustainability have been hot topics across the corporate world. For many firms, the idea of appearing green is much more is much more attractive than than the heavy lifting of actually developing more sustainable and green practices. In the case of in the in the case of uh, graphic packaging, the company's self design self self designation as a green project came from its plan to recycle paper. So it's like we're doing this thing that's super green because we're taking old paper and turning it into new products. Never mind the emissions that are poisoning <laughs> our fucking population. That is so gross. That is so gross. How how much is this taking place throughout industrial areas throughout our country? How many people think that they're going to the store or going to a restaurant and and participating in sustainability and quote unquote green practices? When in reality, they're fucking not. They're they're contributing to buying products from a company that is poisoning their population. How many times have I done that today? How many products did I buy today that I went, oh, look, it's got this awesome, cool green label and recycled label on it. I'm helping the planet. I just got my Greta Thunberg on today. I pulled on my Greta shorts. Meanwhile, I'm participating right. in giving money to a company that's fucking poisoning its residents with with bad air and bad water. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 just fucking gross. And it's and here's the thing. We're not we're not sitting here trying to say that we need to shut this plant down, you know, and then end all these like people's jobs and stuff like that. We we're talking about a company who, and when you look them up and like, when you look them up and you look up stocks, like it's a buzz right now. You need to buy graphic packaging stocks and things like that. And Bell, if you can try to find uh, information on graphic packaging and see how much stock buybacks they've done. It's something I just thought of. Oh, yeah, it's, interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these are the, what's happening there. There's things that this company, they don't have carbon filters on their, exhaust pipes i know that for a fact they don't do any of the proper like regular protocols it takes to just make their their plant clean and but they're the making issue, recycled products Corey. they're helping yes, the planet. It's, it's nice guys isn't it you can yeah. hide behind that and no one looks into you because you're green yeah yeah but this company who's it's a billion it's like a, a company that has billions of dollars in profit that they could spend some of this money on fucking just fixing their exhaust systems to make the community better. So I have. It's not that hard. We're not Greta Thunbergs. We don't need. We're not AOCs. We don't need to call all the cows because of the cow farts. We don't need to just ride around on bicycles everywhere. We don't need to do this shit, but we need to hold these big companies fucking responsible to put in the right stop gates to do the least amount of harm. 
How hard is that? And it's just another one of those things that we talk about when it comes to institutionalized racism and feigned racism, like the city bike thing and this feigned green energy stuff. And then the real stuff of what we can do to help mitigate actual environmental disasters and environmental issues to where just hold the companies responsible. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. Just the idea of being green completely allowing you to cover up local <coughs> atrocities that you're doing. So this is, the, I mean, this is the first example of that. Like, like Flint was a little different. It was basically just like, hey, let's save money by switching away from Detroit water. Oh, wait, our pipes can't handle that. So now we're poisoning people with lead and Legionnaire's disease. Still money related, but not like a cover up of, of greenness. Um, I would say the same thing about, you know, East Palestine. Again, money related, right? Bad rail regulations, trains being too long. All money related. But this one to me is just a little bit different because this one is like so based in dishonesty of like, hey, we're this green company. We're poisoning the people that live right next to the plant, but you get to buy recycled products. So in, in, in a strange way, as much as I think all three of these situations are gross and as much as I think that all three of them are horrible cover ups, uh, this one to me is just a little bit gross because a little bit more gross because I, I think it just speaks to the awful cronyism that is being uh, described as capitalism that we see so often in this country now. Yeah, really like right now on Market Watch, like all of this stuff, like this stuff is bubbling up to the surface, right? All this different stuff. And Market Watch is just like, hey, make sure you buy graphic packaging stock. I'm just for those just listening. I'm just sitting here uh, shaking my head. Now, how do we know that this has been, I guess, essentially covered up? Because I tried to go back and look for uh, articles and, and pieces from years gone by regarding graphic packaging in Kalamazoo, and I got back as far as about November of 2021. Uh, where the CBS affiliate in the area had a headline that says residents near Kalamazoo cardboard recycling plant, which complain is about smell, concerned about air toxicity and odor state health officials. And this is from, again, this is from November of 2021 state health officials, state, state health officials are one step closer to determining if long-term impacts are, are connected to a foul odor residents in Kalamazoo's North side have been complaining about for decades. For decades, Corey, not just years, but for decades. Toxicologists with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services said that 15-month-long investigation into long-term health effects from odorous chemicals detected in the neighborhood will be complete will be completed by early January of 2022. Gotta love bureaucracy. Yeah, MDHHS. At least that was only a couple months later. Uh, But MDHHS officials declined to release any conclusions on their ongoing study, but determined last month uh, that there was no short-term health concerns based on air quality testing to date. And that was from that was from 2021. There was an MLive article from September of 2022. Graphic packaging issued emissions violations under after unannounced state inspection. This was September of 2022. 
This was almost a year so, ago. I went back as far as I could with their, you know, looking at their price of their their stocks, mm-hmm. and I got back There's to July, like two years. Dude, in July 2020, there's they were worth fifteen dollars a share. They've bumped up ten bucks since then, but it has been a steady increase. Yeah, because like roughly a year or two ago, they got a six hundred million dollar tax subsidy to expand. Thank so, you, yeah. Governor Whitmer. That's funny, actually. I mean, because... honestly, th- can I just say this? Thank you, Governor Whitmer, for like letting it expand so that they could poison more affluent white people so that we could actually yeah. notice that this was happening. She's playing the log game, Dan. <laughs> I guess she is. She just said on Twitter uh, yesterday at 504, today and every day, I will fight for your freedom to control your own body, live your life authentically, love who you love, earn a good living, Get a quality education, and excess affordable health care, and more. What's the more? I will though? always fight for you, except or unless unless you're, you're being poisoned by a corporation right. that brings the state lots of revenue. Just <laughs> I will fight for you, just not old people. Yeah, <laughs> Flint or Kalamazoo. Can we just say just not poor black people? That's basically what she. What she, what she should say. That's not good optics, Dan. I know. I understand. I wanted to play the Jordan Sheridan video, but I, I think we, I think we, I think we covered it pretty good. Um, Status Quo is covering this like crazy. We're about to end the yeah, show. God so bless them. As soon as we're done, please, please subscribe to Status Quo. And we have no affiliation with Status Quo. I and subscribe we, to us, obviously. I know. I hope we will one day. I would love to have an affiliation with Status Quo, but they do a really good job um, covering this stuff. East Palestine, Flint, Jackson, um, Kalamazoo. They are they are fantastic. We are I am we are giving them our recommendation based off of nothing. They give us no money. They don't even probably don't even know we fucking exist. But we know they exist and they do great work. So when the show's over, not only subscribe to us, check out Status Quo on Substack. They uh, they do a great job with this stuff that that nobody else covers. Um, do we have anything else, Corey? I think that's about it. Um, I guess what we're consuming, we got a uh, <clears throat> an interview in the pipelines. Oh yeah, Dan and I both just bought this book. Sorry, Sorry, guys. guys. We, we stormed the Capitol. We just lost like 50% of our viewership just because we're reading this book. <laughs> no, it's so the book. So the reason. Well, so first off, the uh, the author's team reached out to us to look for an interview. And I want to make it happen. But uh, the reason why I bought this book is because of this review right here. It's a uh, review that was on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's one star. And it says. Hates on progressives and conservatives. He can't <laughs> seem to pick a team. <laughs> Sounds like the... our kind of guy. <laughs> You're right. That's why I was like, oh, obviously I got to buy this book. <laughs> the review goes on to say, I bought the book because I wanted to hear him make fun of Trump's and his followers, make fun of Trump and his followers. And yeah, he does that. But then he got this weird habit of also making fun of progressives. <laughs> oh, no, no. He accuses Democrats of impotent hypocrisy. And startling lack of social skills in the very first chapter. He even interviews people he claims are Antifa, who he says confessed to beating up conservatives. Then he flips and complains about the Proud Boys as if he thinks these Antifa people, who I am skeptical even exist, are somehow as bad as the conservatives. There are a ton of of examples like that. So... 
you read I did not expect this oh, in a book about January 6th. He says a lot of things that make progressives look bad, but then he does the same for conservatives. Who does he think he is? So the guy needs that. to pick a side. I hear that. And I think that's a, that's a parody review, man. That can't be, <laughs> that can't be. You think that's a guerrilla marketing? Oh, that's gotta be a, that's gotta be a troll job. Cause that's, that's got so... me to buy the book. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I have not started it yet, but I will. Um, I mean, I guess that's what we're consuming. I was upset about the PGA championship this week because a live guy won the PGA championship. God, yeah, that's what money. That's what I was. That's what I was consuming. Honestly, though. So, all right. If you don't care about golf, you can turn off the show, but please subscribe. Don't ever uh, turn off the show. <laughs> so, so Brooks Kepka is the guy who won the PGA championship and he's like the one guy that like went to live that I don't think actually wanted to go. And I, I'm, I'll explain this to you. So Brooks Kepka is a guy that won four major championships in a very short period of time. He was basically like golf's golden boy for about a year and a half. Just, just this meteoric rise, right? And then all of a sudden, he kind of fell off, got an injury, wasn't playing well, and Liv came to him and offered him a shit ton of money. And he, and he basically was like, I'm not that good anymore. I've been injured and they're offering me all this money. Maybe I should take care of my family. And so like, if there was like one guy that like took the Saudi blood money that I'm like, I, I mean, I could give him, I could give him another chance. It's probably Brooks Kepka. Um, so I don't know. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Did he win? He did win. He's the guy. He's the guy who won the PGA championship. And nice. and it's so funny because I go back and forth on this guy because sometimes I think he's a complete tool. He just seems like a total douchebag. And then other times I'm like, I kind of like him. He's a Trumpian figure, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I consumed. I was upset that a live guy. I was upset and also strangely happy that one particular live guy won the PGA championship this last weekend. I've just been plucking away at the marvelous Miss Maisel. Uh, which is even kind of been uh, diminished because it's just so nice out. I'm just having bonfires every night, sitting out, enjoying time with my family. So I've been consuming uh, a shit ton of just smoke from bonfires. I'm, it's like I'm living in Kalamazoo, Dan. Yep, Corey's going to have cancer in two years. That's Maybe. What you, you heard it here live on Libservative for the very Live on Libservative. That's it. Um, I think we're done. Tell the people where they can find us. Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at libservativepod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcasts, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Not tomorrow, but today. And please uh, tell a friend. Shows yeah, like share this. it with a friend. Uh, uh, shows like this do 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 best through word of mouth. I know you, you've heard me say that multiple times, but it, it actually is true. You tell one person, they tell one person, they tell one person, and all of a sudden it goes crazy. Um, now that I mean, if you if you have the cojones to like tell everyone you know that you listen to this and share it on social media, then by all means do it. But if you don't want to do that, then yeah, just share it with a friend because. Friend recommendations and word of mouth recommendations typically seem to work best. And follow status quo. We love those guys over there. <laughs> yeah.
Anyway, for Bell the Body Snatcher, he has been Corey Walsh. And he's been Dan Griffin. That was that was way delayed. This has been Libservative. And, until and he's next been Dan time. Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, this has been Libservative. We are out of here. Peace.